that time. Right. Looking for that time. Well, if you're a Bible reader, surely you've read the Bible through at least more than one time. And in your reading through the Bible, I'm sure you've come across places and you thought, did I read that before? Yeah. Huh? And it's because uh, that we are human, and it might be because we're Americans too. They say Americans, their memory is real short, and so we are, don't have long memories about things. But um, so this evening, if the Lord help us, I, I just felt like it'd be good for us to uh, uh, cover on a subject that is near and dear to each one of us. Something that is uh, very, very needful among us, no matter where we are at with the Lord. Amen. Uh, because uh, it can have a big effect on what happens with us. And so if you will turn with me to uh, James chapter 3. James chapter 3. And by the Lord's help, I want to preach on the tiller. Preach on the tiller. Okay? I'm not talking about the tiller that, uh, that uh, grounds up the... I'm talking about the tiller that turns your boat. Amen. So let's stand, and we'll take a text here this evening. James chapter 3. And we will start in verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we will receive the greater condemnation. Uh, what's I can hear? For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, but they uh, may that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a manner a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire of a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. For every kind, every kind of beast and of birds and serpents of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith uh, uh, curse we men that are made after the similitude of of God. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that James, your 
stepbrother, Lord, wrote these words under your unction of the Holy Ghost to help us and to help us to pay attention to this unruly member that are in our bodies. We thank you, Lord, that through your grace and your mercy, we can overcome even that tongue and that it can be submitted unto you. And I pray, Lord, here this evening, remind us again and help us, oh God, to, to be careful about our words, what we say, how we say them, where we say them, and who may or may not be listening, but help our words to be as apples of gold and pictures of silver, and that our words may bring healing and help and comfort and life. Come by, move for us here this evening, we pray, in your blessed, holy, righteous, and wonderful name, that name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. The book of James, as many of you know, he um, he is the son, he is the brother, one of the brothers of Jesus. James, the son of Zebedee, was killed by Herod around 44 A.D. These scriptures were written from James, who at this particular time was uh, the head of the church in Jerusalem, written sometime around 60 to 63 uh, A.D. And so these uh, scriptures are important with us. Just because these are words from Jesus' brother, really and truly, that's not the reason that they're important. The reason they are important is because the Lord, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, gave him words to speak. And so these are not just words from his brother, but from as if any of the other scriptures are from the Lord himself and talk to us. And I, I love the book of James. When I was not uh, saved, but somewhat a seeker of the Lord, it was through the book of James that convicted me because really and truly when I would ask different ones who I was hoping would give me some concrete answers about what is sin, how to be saved, things like that. They didn't give them to me, but the Lord directed me to this book here. And so um, over in James chapter three, it says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. So what this is talking about, masters, uh, many masters. I hesitate to say this, but have you ever met somebody who is a know-it-all? <laughs> Knows everything? It's got a word on everything. 
That's what it's talking about when it talks about, my brethren, be not many masters. Now, the reason I hesitate on that is because <laughs> I've been accused quite often in my life of being a know-it-all. But in all honesty, I don't know a lot. I, I tell, I tell um, Jamie sometimes when we're working together, I'll, I'll blurt something out that I heard or learned when I was young, and I said, more useless information. Uh, huh? You know what I'm talking about? Right. Just little tidbits. Yeah. But that doesn't, just because you know a little something about how the brain works doesn't make you a brain surgeon. Okay? And just because you, you've been in the doctor's office a few times, that don't make you a doctor or a nurse either. Hello? <laughs> Woo! So we, we, we've got to be careful in what we do. I think it's really good for us to be knowledgeable about the Word of God. Um, uh, the Lord has helped me to try to back out and no longer be a, a couch uh, quarterback. They, that's just a term that's used about the government or about wars or politics. I'm not interested in any of those things. The only thing I want to be known of is about knowing about the Word of God. And but more than knowing about the Word of God, I want to be known as knowing Him, Jesus. And so, for in many things we offend all. I've read several commentaries on this, and there are a lot of people that jump into these verses and take off and say, See, we all sin. We've all got to sin. All of us have got... No, no, no. That's not what the Scripture is talking about here. And so, for in many things we offend all. There is a difference between someone being offended for the Word of God and being offended because of how we brought forth the Word of God. Huh? Jesus, remember, said he uh, was telling his disciples, if any of you offend one of these little ones... Said it'd be better for a millstone to be put a, around your neck and you'd be thrown into the sea. And so uh, we are not to offend. Now, there are times when we're just talking the Word of God, it offends people. Right. But when we say it, do our best to not be offensive in it. There are times it crosses my mind. Maybe it can cross your mind. As you get older, you think a little different. But... Uh, you know, don't reach out there and slap somebody with the Word of God. Hello? Be gentle how you bring it forth. I mean, the Lord could have gone out there and just slapped that woman at the well, you know. Oh, you've run around with every man in, in, in the whole village. He didn't do that. Bring your husband. I do not have a husband. He said, you're right. You don't have the husband <laughs> and the previous ones. So we are to use wisdom with our words. And uh, I know it, we're in a place in America where wise words and using wisdom and being thoughtful about other people and who they are is on a very low ebb. But as Christians, we should uh, strengthen 
being considerate of one another. Amen. And so uh, he goes on. He said that um, the same man, if he can bridle his tongue, uh, he can uh, able to bridle the whole body. And that word bridle there is from the uh, horsemanship of riding horses and everything. They put a bridle, and that's the next verse there. We put um, bright, uh, bits in the horse's mouth that they may uh, obey us. And we turn them, turn about their whole uh, body. But I can tell you something, folks. That's a scary thing, using bits to turn a horse's body around. Yes, it is. Huh? It's a scary thing. We had one particular horse named Joker, and uh, he liked to run. And when I was on his back, I didn't like to run. I liked to come and, huh? And Teresa was always, yeehaw, let's go, huh? And I'm saying, please don't run, please. And here he goes, and he'd bite them bits, and he'd take off. And so, uh, and there was a time or two, I pulled back on them bits so far that I had his head turned all the way back around looking at me and he's still going. Huh? But um, we need those bits. And then it goes on, this is where I get my, my title from, Behold also the ships which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, a rudder, uh, whithersoever the governor listeth. And what is uh, the word tiller there is the straight part that connects to the rudder shaft. Am I right about that? The rudder shaft, the till. That's uh, the flat place that makes it easy for us to be able to use the rudder. Amen. And so our bodies are like ships. And at times our mouths get us going into certain positions or directions. And we had better be careful about it because some, I just be honest with you. Some people have a hard time backing up from a position. You ever seen somebody take a position find out that they're wrong and what do they do? They're going to argue that position and you're not going to tell them any different no matter what. Yes. It's called pride. Oh, yes. uh, we shouldn't be like that. When we're wrong about something, even if it's the Word of God, we need to say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I apologize. Right. And be willing to learn. Right. And so, the ship's tillers uh, it says in verse 5, <clears throat> Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a little a matter a little fire kindleth. It doesn't take a lot of fire to cause a fire. It only took one turned over gas lamp, uh, lamp in Chicago for the Chicago fire to take over. They say a cow kicked over a lamp and they didn't notice it till it had uh, fall, after it had fallen into the hay and got so far and it burned down the majority of Chicago back during the uh, late and early, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. 
And so just a little word, just a little word. Have you ever noticed sometimes our words? <laughs> Ooh. You ever just said just a little something and just like, oh, where'd that come from? Huh? That's because you thought that was just a little match. But the way it was said and the way you did it, Huh? It blows up. Uh, that's one reason why it's good to, to get married. Huh? It really is. It's good to get married. For us to learn how to tame our tongue. Huh? Wives will help teach husbands the things to say and not to say. Husbands, if we got a mind to learn them. And uh, husband, I mean wives, husbands are there to help you. Don't be saying that. You know? Yeah. Be careful what you're saying. That's good. As a good friend of mine would say, think before you say that. <laughs> Don't know who that might be. But anyway. <clears throat> we need to be careful what we say and how we say it. There are times, um, if you read different marriage books about marriage, sometimes it has to do with the condition of our heart and our ears. It may not always necessarily be what was said, but it might be the way you took it. If there's already offense in your heart, then you may take it wrong. Huh? I've seen that so many times. Uh, this... This, this thing here is not simple. It, uh, it's uh, complex. And words and meanings and sayings are complex. Sometimes I know with different people, some of the things that might have been said when they were growing up really affects them in a negative way. Uh, like, I'll be honest with you, when I was growing up, uh, my mom and my dad and my brothers, they'd say, shut up! But I've met a lot of people who think, that's, that's, you might as well be cussing. And I'm thinking, I don't know why I didn't hear. I had teachers tell me that while I was growing up, you know. But it's different words and different ways, things, the way people take it. And so uh, the tongue can set on fire things. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. Jesus said, it's not what goes into a man that defileth a man, but what cometh out of his tongue. Amen. And it said, it setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. C.S. Lewis said, pretty is, as pretty does. Come on. You know, if our words are good, then we're probably good. If our words are evil, wicked, mean, hard, then they're probably not what Christ wants our words to be. The Lord doesn't expect men to be all soft and flowery now. 
<clears throat> but you know, there was a time when they used to call Southern men gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Huh? They were men, but they would open the door for late. I don't know. Victoria, are you aware of any of that? They would open doors, you know. They would say, hello, ma'am, how are you? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's my pleasure. Go ahead, you know. All kind of things like that. It's hard to find Southern gentlemen anymore. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. When your wife's going to get out of the car, you jump out and go around and open the door. Whenever we're getting into a car and your wife's gone with you, open the door for her. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Now, wives, y'all need to walk slow enough we can get ahead of you to open the doors for you, okay? That's true, brother. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I must hurry. I can see. Talks about all the beasts and the birds. Uh, basically, their tongues are tamed. Um, uh, it is, uh, but the tongue can no man tame. I want to tell you something. I know this for personal, personal fact. As a young sinner, I would cuss. Now, I didn't. I wasn't raised up with cussing around me. But I got around my brother, who was a shrimper, and they could cuss. And. Uh, and I was kind of embarrassed because whenever I stuck my toe or something didn't go the way I wanted to, I didn't really know how to express myself. Is that sad? That's the way a lot of the world is. So I had to teach myself how to cuss. Can I tell you something? When you cuss, you've taught yourself how to cuss. You've allowed it to get in your mind. And the problem is when you begin to cuss like that, it becomes natural to you. And I remember uh, after I learned to cuss pretty good, uh, I met some, I was talking to some folks that were from my parents' church. At that time, we were still going to the Baptist church on Tybee Island. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, now don't say a cuss word. Be careful here. Don't cuss. And a cuss word slipped out. I couldn't keep it back. It was in me. It came out. Jesus talks about that. He said, of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak it. Over in Matthew 12, uh, 34 and 37, he talks. He says, O generation of vipers, how can ye be in evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Uh, Jesus goes on. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. What are we bringing out of our treasuries yes. when we talk to people, when we see people on the street, when we see people in different places? Are we bringing bad news all the time? Or are we bringing something good? Something that will bless them and encourage them and help a person along their way. Then Jesus goes on, he says, but I say unto you, ooh, that every idle word that men shall speak, 
they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Every idle word that men shall speak. Huh? Get away from me, stinky. Now, that sounds funny. Think about it. Get away from me, stinky. And that, to some of the older generation, that don't mean nothing. But some of these young little youngins. I know of uh, people who in... Uh, grammar school or maybe kindergarten uh, somebody called them stupid and they have fought over that word in their mind I'm stupid I'm stupid isn't that terrible be careful of the words we say the person that spoke those are going to have to give uh, we're going to have to give an account in that day of judgment Said, for by thy words shalt thou be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Come on. What kind of words are we speaking? What are we speaking? Um, I read I had a couple of um, illustrations I read about. There was a Reverend Johnson who said, Bad men excuse excuse their faults. Good men will leave them. That's pretty good. Bad men excuse their faults. Good men will leave them. And then uh, Robert Fuller, he said, learn to hold thy tongue. Five words cost Zacharias 40 weeks of silence. <laughs> learn to hold thy tongue. And so it is very important for us to learn. But I want to tell you something. You cannot tame this tongue without the blood of Jesus Christ. His sanctifying word right here. And the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, you'll not be able to. And it will be your tongue that will let you know when you're getting low on your sanctification and the Spirit of God. Amen. Because your tongue will become sharper, more like a razor blade. It will hurt more. It will be lashing out more than other times. And so we must watch our words here. It said, um, <clears throat> verse 9, Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith we curse, curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Is there anybody you hate right now? Maybe you don't say it, but you hate them. It doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that you get to see on a regular basis around. Maybe it's somebody you read about in the papers. Come on. Or have heard on the radio. To hate. God calls Christians into an account even over those people. 
<clears throat> to my recollection and my understanding, we are allowed to hate. We're to hate sin. We're to hate uh, Satan. I believe we can hate the Antichrist. Okay? And, uh, and I don't know. I'd, I'd have to do another study to see how many more things we could hate. But I think that's about it right there. Okay? Got to be careful. The scriptures over and over say we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And oh, we are living in America, the lie. Huh? America, the lie. I know my preaching sometimes kind of gets under some of y'all's uh, saddles a little bit about saying America, the lie. But when I talk about that is because it's important for us unless we look at America and our country with open and clear eyes, there's no way for us to help influence a better result. Right. And right now, in many things, our country loves lies. We should pray for our country. Oh, God calls us. Yes. As, and that doesn't, if you're a Russian, you're supposed to be praying for your country, Russia. If you're a Palestinian and you're a Christian, you're supposed to be praying for there. Ah, did I hear somebody say there are no Palestinian Christians? Hmm? There are Palestinian Christians. As a matter of fact, of course, Muslim is the number one group, but there is a large portion of Palestinians who are Christians who are not part of this fact. Amen. And so it's important for us to watch our tongues. He goes on. He says, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so, not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth the same uh, place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. And then he asks the question, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. I found a couple of other, uh, uh, another talking about this wisdom said that um, I don't I don't know where that say who quoted this, um, but it said that um, a babbler being at a table with a number of persons who was one of the seven sages of Greece. Now, seven sages were supposed to be the seven wise men of Greece, okay? So this babbler was sitting at this table among one of the seven sages of Greece, and he expressed his astonishment that a man so wise did not utter a single word. The sage immediately replied, a fool cannot hold his tongue.
you hold your tongue? Woo! All right. I can tell. I need to hurry up. I can tell. So I'm listing to one side. Anyway. Uh, um, our knowledge, our wisdom, our speech should be part of a good conversation. A conversation here is not talking about talking between two or three people. It is talking about our lifestyle, how we walk, what we do, uh, where we go, how we treat others. Amen. And so uh, out of a good conversation, his works with meekness of wisdom. Oh, if you got somebody coming around, they're having to show you how smart they are. That's not wisdom. Uh, they may be brainy, but they don't have no wisdom, okay, and no meekness either. And then he goes on, he says, but if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. So if there are, if you've got some envying, uh, 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 envy there is talking about, hold on a second, I've got to find my definitions here. Envy, it is talking about Rivalry, huh? It's talking about being a zealous imitation, uh, uh, trying to be uh, be better than somebody else. It also can talk about jealousy, or it's talking about zeal, or um, the object of a desire. It's also talking about extravagance, and so this bitter envying, bitter. It's untasteful. It, there, there's bitterness, wanting to, uh, waiting for a moment that you can slide a, an arrow with your mouth in or a, a blade with your mouth into somebody. Bitter envying and strife is talking about, uh, actually, in this particular location, it is talking about this uh, cr uh, being critical of others. And also having quarrels with uh, others. Did you know that it also includes canvassing for opinions and office? Intrigue? Huh? You ever gone around trying to get, like, well, we're going to have, we don't have votes at the church, but I'm just saying, we're going to have a vote at the church on what color uh, we want to, and before the vote, you go around and say, now this is the one we want. This, well, I really don't care. Well, then vote for this one here. Okay? Strife. Selfish. Fractious. Talking about dividing people. And so, don't lie to yourself. And don't lie against the truth that you got it in your heart. The, this wisdom... Descendeth not from above. Talking about this bitter envying and strife. It is never good to try to run the other person down. It is never good. Oh, and let me tell you, sometimes, sometimes, oh, help me, Lord. Sometimes you feel like that would be the very best thing to do because people need to know. Huh? Come on. But the Lord doesn't want us doing like that. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. It's the way the devil does. So it says, for where envying 
in this particular space is talking about that heat and strife, the uh, ambition, the self-seeking, uh, rivalry, contention, uh, uh, the feud. Wherever envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. You must know, confusion is not of God. Confusion is not of God. And there are times we can become confused. Even Bible studiers, uh, when we study the Word of God, generally the first two or three people who teach you on a certain subject, you have a tendency to take that within yourself and think it's right, but you never hammered it out on your own. You never uh, sought and dug it out on your own. And so it's important for us to not be confused over the Scriptures. The Scriptures are not confusing. There is no confusion about divorce and remarriage. There is no confusion about uh, sexual sins that are out there. There is no confusion about what sin is. It's still the same. But it says, but the wisdom that is from above, that's what I want. I want that heavenly wisdom. I want that wisdom from the Lord. But the wisdom that's from above is first pure. Same word as holy. It's righteous. The first uh, wisdom is first pure, then peaceable. Huh? You know, when somebody... I, I'm telling you stuff we've all been guilty of, okay? But when somebody comes to you and, uh, you know, they've got a fault and somebody's done something, you know, we're not always peaceable about it. We're saying, let's go take care of this. Hmm? But the Bible said for us, first pure, then peaceable, be gentle, easy to be uh, entreated. Have you ever said to somebody, no, 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 no. Doesn't matter what you say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. That's not being easy to be entreated. Okay? Easy to be entreated. Uh, compliant is part of that definition. And then it says, full of mercy. Good fruits. Without partiality. Without hypocrisy. How are we doing? What's our grade? Huh? We were doing pretty good until. Huh? It says, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Can I tell you something? Peace is hard. It is hard to work. It is hard to accomplish. And it is hard to get, you know, in the right place. But that's what we're called to. We're not called to fight. We are to fight as a good soldier. But this is how we're to fight. 
to try to bring peace, reconciliation, amen, forgiveness, and help. And so I know this has been a, a big review for many of y'all. And uh, but I also want to remind us. I want to be have that wisdom from above and not my own. So while we come, you don't have to tell me, but if you found yourself missing on some of that, ask the Lord to help you. He will help you because it's his word. And as Christians, as his children, we can do that. It is not beyond our impossibility. We can do it. And some of us have done it for a while. Sometimes we've got to get back at it. Amen. So come, let's pray, let's seek the Lord.